get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see if our Brown and Crouppen celebrity line is working. Dennis Dodd, good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you guys? Everything's terrific. Thanks for taking the time. Sorry we're getting to you a, a little bit late. We had Doug Armstrong on. Yeah. But uh, you had an interesting piece last night about the ex- hoped for by us expansion of the college football playoff and how a vote might not even occur. Why might that vote not occur? This has been going on, guys, since July 21st when word leaked out that Texas and Oklahoma were going to the SEC. And, in fact, that happened. That's created an instability within the game, a lot of distrust that this was going on behind closed doors. Nobody knew about it. And there's just a lot of let's hit the pause button. There's no reason to do this now. I think it's going to end up at 12, you know, expansion to 12. But right now they're at the point where they don't, they may not feel the need to call the presidents who run the playoff to even come to Chicago next week to vote because that has to be a unanimous vote. And if there's one vote out there that's against it, why do it? Um, and the, the president of West Virginia, Gordon Gee, has said publicly that the playoff expansion right now is on life support. And why is that, Dennis? Because I would think that all of these powers that be making this decision would look at an expanded playoff and it would seemingly point to more revenue. And isn't that what this is all about, is generating more money? So what are the negatives to expanding the playoff right now in their eyes? It's it's everybody, It's what we saw, guys, during COVID, where you had five different power conferences going five different ways in their COVID protocols. Not only COVID protocols, when are you going to play? How are you going to play? When does it? When does the game get canceled or postponed? Now everybody's going to their bunker and saying, "Well, wait a minute! If the SEC has Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to have all these. They're going to have half the bids in a, in a twelve team playoff." And as proposed, I can't disagree. <laughs> it's not likely, but you know, what, what if they have four um, with all these good teams in one conference? And when it, when it's said and done, they will have more favorable matchups for television ever in the history of the sport. And it may be that way now because of all the, the good teams they have under one tent. So that's the basic thing. There's some others um, about the contract. ESPN owns the contract for the next five years. I, th- I would say most people involved want to get this thing to market as soon as possible to, as you said, Michelle, uh, get more money for it. But ESPN doesn't necessarily want to give up, you know, their control, their exclusive negotiating rights. So what does that look like? So it it just adds up to just a pause. I think in two or three months we're going to have it, just not recently, just not now. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, with us on 101 ESPN. And uh, we wanted to get you on because of the USC situation, firing Clay Helton after two games. What are they thinking? If you're going to fire a coach after two games, why not fire him after last season? That was my question, um, and according to 
a story in the Los Angeles Times. The administration AD whatnot had made a list of benchmarks that he had to meet, and that all comes crumbling down in the second game this season when he had a terrible showing against Stanford. And they pulled a red cord. But your question is valid. I mean, it's, what what did you know after two games that you didn't know after six the end of six years last year? So, but that being said, uh, to fire a coach in week two is is now routine. Um, Southern Miss did it after week one last year. Uh, there was another example of that I think last year. But it's happening. Yeah, Florida State, know, right? Last year, Florida well, State with uh, with ta- or no, two Mike years ago with Taggart. Mike Norvell was in place. Mike Norvell was in place. Yeah, right. But, uh, that's been a couple of years. But that's to be expected. The silly season where after eight months from the, the first coach was fired to the time the last coach was hired. So that's not anything new. Well, Dennis, if you were the AD at USC, who would you want to hire for that job? Who do you think is a good fit there? I like James Franklin, the, the Penn State coach. For me, he checks all the boxes. Um, you know, he's Hollywood enough where he'll play with the media. He's got a great personality, recruits aggressively. He's got a great staff. Uh, he knows what he wants to do. He's done great things at, at Penn State um, in a very, probably the second toughest division in college football, the Big Ten East, probably next to SEC West. And he's done great things. But the problem is, I, I think. USC may be, I don't know what the term is, backing itself into a corner because you can find flaws with almost every top candidate. James Franklin, years ago, when he was winning nine games in consecutive seasons, nine games twice at Vanderbilt, had, had a, a rape scandal where four of his players were accused of rape. I think one or two went to jail. Whatever you believe happened, that happened on his wall. Um, and I don't know how the president and the administration there is going to look at that. Um, you know, you can find with some of the other top candidates there, they've had stuff. Eric Bieniemy, who his name kind of came out of nowhere, never, never been a coordinator, never been, you know, a head coach once the job. And this is years ago when he was a player at Colorado. And, and the, the new president, well, not new, a couple of years ago, Carol Fultz came from North Carolina, supposedly put the kibosh on uh, on Urban Meyer when he was at Fox and you know, without a job because she didn't like him for character issues. So how far is that going to go? A lot of people would embrace James Franklin. I think in, in L.A., at USC, uh, they've had some internal things happen there that look a lot like uh, Larry Nasser at Michigan State. Maybe he doesn't fly. I don't know. Dennis, this is kind of a difficult question because every program has their own individual issues. But I look at the USC job coming open and it feels familiar to me, whether it's USC or Texas or Florida State or even Miami. There's so many of these programs that were once powers in college football that were forces that seemingly can't get back. How many times have we asked, is Texas back? What do you think it is about these teams that they can't seem to recreate that magic or or find their footing again to have consistent success? It's really different for each one, and a lot of it has to do with parity. Even though the same three or four schools are going to the playoff every year, there is parity with uh, with 25 scholarships, and that it's it's really really hard to stay consistent. You talk about USC. I started thinking about this. This is a top five job to me, but then I started thinking before Pete Carroll and after Pete Carroll, there hasn't been much lately. Um, and that's what's happened. They got really, really lucky with Pete Carroll. He's a fifth choice. 
in, the, in that search back in 2000. Uh, we know what he did. He built a mini dynasty there. Uh, Texas is different. Texas has, I don't know what Texas has. It has a quarterback problem. It can't find a consistent quarterback. And when it does with Sam Ellinger, who uh, has graduated and moved on to the NFL, it can't win big enough with him. It's a, it's a culture thing where player, players that have left uh, Texas for the NFL said, I had it better off the field at Texas than I did in the NFL. We actually had to work. Well, yeah, of course you have to work. You know, yeah, you're being paid for it. Why is that a surprise? So it's been different at every school. I mean, Penn State was given the worst penalty ever in the Jerry Sandusky scandal. Bill O'Brien stayed for a couple of years stable. Here comes James Franklin. Another feather in his cap has taken it to a new level. A Rose Bowl now competing for a Big Ten title. So it's different everywhere, but the common denominator, I think, is there's just too much parity around, and it's hard to keep anything consistent. Well, the definition of consistent success is Alabama under Nick Saban. And yep. Florida played Bama on the ropes. They ended up winning Alabama, did 31-29. But the next day, Dennis, all I'm reading is Alabama is, is suddenly vulnerable. Alabama is showing some vulnerabilities. But in your opinion, how vulnerable is Alabama really? I, I think they're vulnerable. Now, look, they play a schedule and in a list where they're going to win, you know, lose one, maybe win all of their games on, on paper. But when you talk about a defense that before season was talked about as the top 10 or the, the, the best under Saban in the last 10 years, that's saying something. Um, after they'd lost six first-round draft choices, after they'd lost every major award winner you can name, and now they're going to be this good. And they got, they got, they got, it was bully ball for Florida for a long time on Saturday. Um, Emory Jones, who no one will confuse with, uh, with uh, John Elway, threw for a career high 181 yards, which was just enough. And they were, they were down 21 to three after three possessions. Alabama just went right down the field. Florida took over the game and lost by two points. They had a chance to tie it with a two point conversion with six minutes left missed. And then Alabama held on. I, I think defensively it's a question about Alabama going forward. Well, it should be fun to watch, and it should be great to watch college football unfold. Here we are. It's, it's amazing. I was uh, talking to somebody yesterday. We're at the quarter point of the season. For Mizzou yeah. plays their fourth game already this week. Yeah, that's right. It goes it goes quickly um, once it gets going, but I'm not complaining. It's nice to see full stadiums again. Yeah, it is. Dennis, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for your patience, and have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. I will. And one, one thing, Randy, Cubs, how's the view? <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> That's the great dentist out of CBSSports.com. Ooh, with the throwing the burn on the way out. I love it from Dennis. <laughs> love it. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.